Welcome to Teachers in America, a production of HMH where we celebrate teachers and recognize their triumphs, challenges, sacrifices, and dedication to students. I'm the Senior Director of Community Engagement, Noelle Morris. We're starting off the school year with bite-sized episodes that feature back-to-school tips from your favorite former guests. Today, we welcome back 2023 North Carolina Teacher of the Year, Leah Carper. Leah is a high school English teacher in Greensboro, North Carolina. As the State Teacher of the Year, she is currently on sabbatical, serving as an advisor to North Carolina State Board of Education. In today's mini-sode, Leah talks about everything from social and emotional learning strategies that have been successful with her Gen Z students to equitable education and universal free lunch. Now, let's get to the episode. What's the number one social-emotional learning strategy that when you heard it, you were like, okay, I... I do that. That's natural, but I've never thought about it in its intentionality to bring it into my daily practice. Absolutely. I've always spoken to my students, to every one of my students every single day. That was always a goal. And when you teach 160 students, y'all, when you teach that many every single day, we have a six period day. When you teach that many students every day, it's difficult to make sure that you did do that. So checking in is so important. And so one of the things that they had us do, which seems so obvious, is stand by the door and say hello to everybody as they came in. And don't talk to them about their clothing or their hair. Talk to them about something else. Because it's that's low-hanging fruit is like, oh, cool shoes, right? But not every child has cool shoes. So find something to speak to them about or mention or comment on that they know that you know them. And... I learned how I learned more about my students through daily check-ins that through my attendance questions. Mm -hmm. So pre-pandemic, I never like took attendance saying everybody's name, Billy, are you here? Here. You know, I never did that. Like I was like, yeah, that kid wasn't here. But during the pandemic, taking attendance was so difficult because not every student had their screen on. right? Right. I made it a point to take attendance verbally every day, but not here, here, here. It was, they would have to answer a question. And so it would be simple things sometimes like, what's your favorite color? But then it went to things like, which one of these fast food restaurants needs to go forever. And it's wonderful because they are engaging with each other, encouraging like, like, Oh, that's right. That's me connecting with each other with students. They never thought they would connect with before. And then I'm learning more about them every single day, right? Things that I can talk to them about. Like, dude, I tried that Chick-fil-A sauce plus Polynesian sauce, you know, combo like you told me to that was bomb yesterday thank you for that wreck like things like that where they know I'm hearing them and so it seems so simple it seems so obvious speak to your students every day but teachers are bogged down and it's very difficult to do that so I had to take space I had to take the time in my class three minutes every day we're taking attendance we're talking about which restaurant has the best ranch dressing and it was wonderful so simple and clever at the same time and what a way to get past, you know, because you can hear them justifying responses using clear details. Like you learn so much about argument and debate. Oh yeah. It's a writing exercise and they don't know it. I love tricking kids into learning. You like the sleuth way of, of teaching. Hey, teacher friends, if you're an HMH user, did you know you have access to Teacher's Corner on Ed? Included with every HMH program, Teacher's Corner is a community of teachers, learning experts, and coaches gathered in one place to support you with a new kind of professional learning. 
bite-sized, teacher-selected, and teacher-driven. With on-demand sessions, lesson demonstrations, program support, and practical resources, Teacher's Corner lets you choose how you interact with our content. I like to think about it as inspiration on demand. What do you notice, Leah, and what are you thinking about with equity as you've gone across the state? So there are districts that have schools that have an entire aviation program and STEM labs and partnerships in their communities and local colleges, et cetera, and teachers who have tons of resources. And a lot of that is funded, like our funding for schools in North Carolina is I guess, different from other places in that the state has a, you know, per student, you know, price they they send out, but then a lot of it is paid by our local economy. And so taxes, et cetera. And in districts where there's not even a Walmart, you know, in that school district, like there's nowhere to spend money because we have a lot of farms. Agriculture is huge in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. It is very different when it comes to the access students have to resources and classes. However, I will say that they all have access to tremendous teachers. And I'm not just saying that because I represent the teachers in North Carolina for this year. Their teachers are tremendous. I saw this teacher in this tiny, tiny little school, and he was in charge of the agriculture program at the school. Y'all, they have cows at some schools and pigs that they raise and their students are raising these animals at school every day. I didn't think I was a big city girl, but that is not happening in my district Right (laughs) in Greensboro. Like there's no pigs at schools in Greensboro. Not that I know of. It's, it's interesting to me, the programs, I guess is what I'm saying. The, the farming communities, the agriculture programs are bigger. The STEM programs are smaller versus in the cities. Does that make sense? It's different. And I, and I think part of it is students want to do what their parents do. And I think that's noble and wonderful, but I also think that there's an equity problem with that because what if a kid in Greensboro really wants to be a farmer, you know, and vice versa. And so not just equity as far as resources, but also equity in opportunities. And that can be, that can be kind of disappointing. And also Something that I would love to see happen in North Carolina would be universal free lunch Mm -hmm. for everyone. I was reading about that the other day, that that's a conversation. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it happened during the pandemic. And there are districts who have it right now because of their financial situation. There are districts that barely don't meet that, you know, that number that they have to meet. And it's, it's so sad. It was so cool. Like, it was never really on my radar as much. And it should have been because I grew up super poor and I was on reduced lunch. It wasn't on my radar until I was teaching. And I noticed that that not being an issue for anybody really equaled the playing field, you know, Mm -hmm. like everybody, you know, lunch is for everybody. Everyone, come on, come and eat the food. And if a kid is hungry, we'll go get another lunch. Okay. Like, and it's not an issue. It's not a money thing. There is a lot of shame when a student cannot pay for their food. I'll tell you a story. It's a personal story, if that's okay. When I was in high school, I was in ninth grade and I was standing in line for lunch and I had my 40 cents in my hand. I had a quarter, a dime and a nickel. And I was standing in line for lunch and I was, I guess, jingling that money around or something. And I went to pay for my food and walk away. And the kid behind me said 
to the lunch lady, Hey, she didn't give you enough money. I saw she only had 40 cents. That's not how much school lunch cost. She needs to give you more money. And in ninth grade, I mean, I was humiliated. I'm not going to lie. Like I was so ashamed. Yeah. I was embarrassed. What do I turn on? I say like, Hey, sorry, my mom has five kids and she's single and we're poor. And like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And instead of it being an issue, the, the lunch lady, the sweetest little lady, she said, actually, this young lady gave me too much money. Here's your change. And she gave me back my 40 cents. Oh, And that mercy that she showed me that day, that kindness that she showed me, that she took the shame away from being poor. And I know that like, you shouldn't be ashamed to be poor, but y'all that's real. Like it's totally a reality that many of our students are facing. And so when I think about what if we could eliminate that stress, you know, what if we could take that away from a kid? That was a, that was a core memory for me. And I think about the little panic that I had every day in the lunch line, that that would happen again. You know, every day of high school, I thought that like, what if that happens again? And there were some days I didn't eat because I didn't want to deal with it. You know, I have tears in my eyes because, um, I grew up with a single mom too. And, um, you know, my, my father let us down quite a bit. And I, I have a lunch memory of he was supposed to pay my lunch fees and he didn't. And, you know, 1984, so different. I mean, just so different about like, no one thought about over identifying. Um, and my mother worked really hard not to, um, you know, in that time she didn't want us to be on free reduced lunch and, I was going through the line and I just thought my dad would come through like, you know, you know he's going to come through this time. And um, same thing. I had my tray and I had to give my tray back. And then my, yeah. And then my best friend like was like, okay, you know, you can share my fries or whatever. But again, that moment of how much of my energy was preparing for humiliation. Yes. That wasn't even something that, you know, I could, I could control. It's just hard. And, but you, you carry that with you. And I'm sad that that happened for you, Leah, but it probably has now opened your eyes and a lens of now, what can you do to change that not happening to another child? It changed my whole perspective on ways to treat human beings, you know, just ways to, and as a teacher, and as any educator in the building, this was a lunch lady, right? Any, every educator in that building doesn't know what day it is that they're going to create a core memory for somebody. Right. Like there's so much that we carry, like that's heavy weight, but like for someone that was a regular Tuesday and she probably thought that was nice of me, you know, I hope she did, but she made a core memory for me. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's so much weight in that. There's so much power in the, in our words and our actions with children. And if we could take that, the, the burden of, it'd be great if parents all stepped up and did what they were supposed to do, but you and I are both, you know, products of that not always happening, yeah. you know? Yeah. And is it fair? It would actually, is it appropriate to, um, to punish a child by making them starve because of their parents' actions? And, and that's where, where mercy needs to come in. And so that, that part of equity to me is, is huge as I've been traveling. I always ask, what's the lunch situation here? And what is your school doing to try to help my, you know, glorious district that I've been talking about? um, (laughs) They have an alternative. They can't give the students the regular lunch if they have uh, a huge lunch fee. 
but they can give them something. And so they have an alternative lunch that they will always give to students. And that's new this year. And it's wonderful that we could at least get something passed to where people won't starve. They will have carrots. They will have a sandwich. You know, there will be something for them. And and I'm grateful for that. The empathy, yeah, the, you know, it's, it's we all, you know, in teaching and, and showing empathy, but it's the other side of that. It's like, what's the mercy in the moment? Um, yes. And some of that is training. Some of that can be trained. Like you can teach for people to be a little more aware, more culturally aware, more situational awareness is important, you know, to show that mercy. But some of it is the unteachable. And I think that a lot of the unteachable things are the things that teachers have, you know, those qualities about us that make us so wonderful. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Teachers in America podcast, please email us at shaped at hmhco.com. Be the first to hear new episodes of Teachers in America by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate, review, and share it with your network. You can find the transcript of this episode on our Shape blog by visiting hmhco.com forward slash shaped. The link is in the show notes. The Teachers in America podcast is a production of HMH. Executive producers are Christine Condon and Tim Lee. Editorial direction is by Christine Condon. It is creatively directed and audio engineered by Tim Lee. Our producer and editor is Jennifer Carujo. Production designers are Mia Fry and Thomas Velasquez. Shape blog post editors for the podcast are Christine Condon, Jennifer Carujo, and Alicia Ivory. Thanks again for listening.